Hi, I'm Dee Dee Bass Wilbon. And I'm Dina Bass Williams. And, and we, we are the Bass, Bass Sisters. Sisters. It was championship night. Yes, that's what they tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do the sports. Mm, it's a shame. It was the National Football, National College Football Championship game um, against uh, number one, Ohio, number one, Alabama. And uh, Alabama came out on top, a young man by the name of Devontae Smith, wide receiver. He was amazing. So people are still talking about it. It's still like big deal. I don't. It's, this is big. It's a huge deal um, because uh, it was really huge that Ohio got in because a lot of people, there was controversy of them getting in. I thought they deserved to be in. Alabama definitely deserved to be in. Just two amazing um, programs, and it was a great game. I didn't watch all of it. Actually, I really, you know, I was, I had one, my husband, Ohio State, my son, Alabama. So it was like, woohoo, oh my gosh, who's gonna win? Uh, so Dalen and I, we watched Blue Streak and laughed all night. <laughs> but, um, Okay. But yeah, it was a good game. Excellent. Good game, good game. And over the weekend, you helped me celebrate my 48th birthday. <sighs> and we ran walked 26.2 miles. So let me tell you, Dina has done the Marine Corps Marathon twice. The first time I didn't do the, I didn't, the first time I was running trying to find her because they put a little chip in your shoe and it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. She was trying to find me. I was she found me at mile 17. Oh my goodness. Was, it was stressful for me knowing that she was trying to find me. 26.2 anyway. miles. But we, we did. did it. We did it. And it was great. It was easier. It was harder. Actually, mentally, let's just let's just say we did it. We, we did, did it. And it's over. And some things that came out of it. Dina doesn't like to run in the cold. I don't. Uh, my husband and I, we've done uh, the Love the One You're With uh, race. It was 19 degrees cold. She hates running in the cold. She now knows that she can, I can run in the cold Absolutely. It, with the proper gear. Thanks mm -hmm. for the gear that you gave me for my birthday. Oh, you're welcome. And I know that I can run longer than 10 miles. So, <laughs> so it was a win-win. Win-win. And okay, so let's get down to, to why you're to, really here. To the policy and pound cake. <laughs> to the policy. That's the pound cake. Now here's the policy. Exactly. So over the last six, seven days, mm -hmm. there's been assaults on democracy, right? Right. Horrible assaults on Horrible democracy. Horrible assaults on democracy. Even that, as I still watch some of that footage, it is... You watch... I, I can't watch oh, anymore of the a, footage. It's just a... It's terrifying. And I can't imagine... I mean, I used to be a Hill staffer. It's terrifying thinking about those staffers those are yeah. and those members hearing the gunshots being oh gosh i just don't even know yeah i, I continue to pray for them as they continue to process this you know it was awful and so you know the the anarchists that stormed the capitol but then there's also been uh assault on freedom of speech yes which i am just on both just really make me sad and make me sick to my stomach that we're going through that at this particular time. Like Twitter followers, Twitter, yeah, Twitter followers are being deleted. Mm -hmm. Um and and I and the president obviously lost his platform. Which he lost his platform on across across the board. Across the board. The platform, the new social media app parlor has mm -hmm. been taken basically um deleted from the globe 
And uh, everyone knows that while when we were part of the um, Carson campaign and Dina was actually on the road, whenever she got on TV or whenever she did a media hit or something, I was always in, in someone, once she was done, someone if someone had something negative to say, I was the uh, partner and big sister who just wanted to pounce on everyone, right? Yes, yeah, Well, did. this week she has had a heck of a week with it, it, attacks. I have, and it's interesting. Um, we talked. We talk in our social media space often about the fact that we very like we do not delete people. No, we don't silence people in our social media space. Um, if you take the Lord's name in vain, we will ask, we'll take it down and ask you to, you know, revise. We want to hear your comments, but we're not going to allow that on our platform. Right. But we'll, I mean, you can drop the F-bomb a thousand times on our platform and we won't, I mean, we don't like it necessarily, but, but we are very clear about our support for the marketplace of ideas and mm -hmm. free speech. So interestingly, um, over the last couple of days, um, I found out that one of my former mentors from college um, who unfriended me over a year ago because mm -hmm. of my um, conservative uh, points of view, um, she started a Facebook question like, does anyone know what Dina Bass is saying now about Trump? And the thing that was interesting about that was I only found out about it because a friend happened to say, hey, I want you to know that this is happening on on this particular Facebook thread. And there were women who commented on that thread who, who were not even aware, first of all, that I was not able to come to take part in the conversation because mm -mm. this m former mentor had blocked me from being, you know, being in her social media space. Right. So that's the first thing. Um, so she was saying negative things that you were not privy to because she blocked you. Because she blocked me. And so people who, who don't know anything at all about me in this social media um, thread are saying, one girl actually called me foul. Um, <laughs> one girl said, um, oh, I follow her on Instagram. She's been very quiet. If I've been very quiet on Instagram, it's because I just ran 26.2 miles and, and right. we're trying to regroup from all of that. <laughs> but not because, well, we've been very clear on all of our platforms as often as we can, how we have not supported this conversation how, how we've not supported this discourse, how we've right. not supported these actions. Mm -hmm. But um, but in light of what's happening in social media, people being silenced, we feel like it's very important for us to say, we openly welcome people disagreeing with us. We openly welcome, like we, we have, like it is in our we heart. We almost encourage we it. We encourage it. We because encourage we, like said, discourse. Oh, right. We want to hear what others have to say. We want, and, and we want to learn and hear what they're going to say and be respectful of it. And I think we have been. I think we have been. And we, and one lady even said um, that, uh, that I trashed her for disagreeing with me, which is really strange because I don't ever trash anyone for disagreeing with me. We actually, we're like, oh, look, someone disagrees and, exactly. and they're respectful and they, we love having dialogue. So, so we are so, like, we are, we're almost to the fault of encouraging civil discourse because we want to show people what it looks like in social media to disagree. I encourage anyone, my, my social media feed is unlocked. I encourage anyone to go through from this day until, you know, 2009 when I got on Facebook 
to go through and look at our social media discourse, we there is an art to cultivating, to curating conversations that right. encourage people to, to share their views. And I promise you, as dangerous as those anarchists are who stormed the Capitol, yep. silencing free speech is, is just as dangerous. just as dangerous. And it's sneakier because we don't see it. Like I've heard um, anchors all across uh, media platforms saying, oh, the president... It's about time they silence him. It's about time they silence him. But, and I think that we have to be careful. We have to really be careful because the next idea, the next thought that is going to be marginalized and pushed aside mm -hmm. could be yours. So as much as I have a great displeasure for, um, you know, potty language, divisive language, um, I don't believe, and we don't believe in, in, closing off the marketplace of ideas. We do believe that it's important to stop people from inciting violence, but right. common um, disagreements in discourse is huge, it's dangerous. It's a, it's a, it is a threat to democracy. And in order for us to grow and to get better, we will have to, we will have disagreements and it's all in how you disagree with the individual. No one is going to think the exact same and no one is going to 1,100% agree on every single thing. We don't agree on every single thing. Um, and, you know, it's very important that, you know, what, what we're teaching our kids now is very, very dangerous by silencing people and not allowing them the freedom. That's what this country has been all about being able to, to, to freely express your opinions. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, um, but so it's, it's been, um, really, really kind of tough. You know what I mean? It's been tough, but we, but it, but it's, I don't even want to say it's been tough. It's been disheartening. And yes, we've all shed tears. Many of us have shed tears this week, but, mm -hmm. but I feel like we, we have to have, we have to, if we are putting ourselves out in social media, having these conversations, we have to have thick skin, but we only ask for fairness and like and decency. and decency. And so like, you know, attacking someone when they don't have the ability to, to chime in themselves, like that's kind of cowardly. Not kinda, it is cowardly. Is that attacking, well, that no. behavior is cowardly? That behavior is cowardly because if you disagree with me on my social media, Please let me know. Please right. tell me. And while we are not going to give out our personal cell phone numbers, our business line is 703-888-9421. And you are welcome to call that number. We answer it. We take turns keeping that cell phone mm -hmm. with us. But and please if, leave your name when you do yeah. and your number. And if you want to engage with us, if you if you disagree with us, you can either send us a message on this platform. You can send us a message on any of our Twitter, whatever, all those platforms, mm -hmm. or you can call us directly. But what we we do not shy away from conversation. Sometimes it's uncomfortable, and certainly it's been it's been difficult this week because we have openly said we voted for Trump twice. Right. We have continually denounced the actions of last week on our U.S. Capitol and the attempts to wreak havoc on our democracy by a bunch of anti-patriotic, self-entitled domestic terrorists. We also have said that President Trump's rhetoric at the rally on January 6th baited that group to go and do exactly what they did and to do the destruction that they did. But for some, that is simply not enough. 
you still want us to say that we regret voting for President Trump twice. And you insist on saying that he is, that we should have seen the signs that this was, this was happening all along and that he is Hitler and we're Nazi sympathizers. One friend gave two options in a Facebook post. He wrote, one, you regret supporting him, or two, you don't regret supporting him because what happened on January 6th was worth it for the policy outcomes over the last four years that you liked. Those policies and what happened on January 6th are the combined results of the fact that you elected him president. Do you regret your support? I don't think people asking those questions even realize this elective outrage dripping from those words. Um, if our grandfather was alive, who was a lifelong Republican, he fought in World War One. we could ask him this question if he had any regrets voting for JFK and LBJ. Granted, they, you know, advanced voting rights for Blacks, but they left us with Vietnam, right? Right. And with Kennedy, 1,000 military died, and by the end of that war, it was 6,000. Mm -hmm. Modern day Democrats may ask, do you regret voting for Bill Clinton and Al Gore? Yes, they crossed the political aisle to advance welfare reform, mm -hmm. literally improving lives, but they also passed the crime bill. Now that was a doozy. It incarcerated millions of African-American men um, with three strikes, devastating the black community, devastating families. Now we can say that they did increase, they, you know, states were able to build more prisons and, and that's like job creation, I guess, but. That's true. But like you said, at the expense of millions of black families, right? We simply will not be bullied by, you know, social media or by anyone because we voted for President Trump. We understand that our vote for President Trump ushered in more support for historically black colleges and universities than any previous president. We understand that we um, were able to pass criminal justice reform, righting the wrongs of the crime bill. We support the tax relief that was ushered in um, by this administration. And yes, we have to accept that our vote for President Trump ushered in rhetoric that tore at the fabric of our democracy. Those who are asking us to take full responsibility for the anarchist actions of January 6th should be very careful because soon they may be forced to take ownership of the actions of the Marxists who plot and wreak havoc in the name of tolerance. That is true. And so we can stand in this quagmire of blame or we can move forward. But you should know also that moving forward, it's almost impossible if the only people who are having to own their shit are Republicans. The bottom line is selective outrage sucks. If you want more policy and pound cake, keep listening. We're gonna be talking about impeachment. And of course we talk more about free speech. Okay, we really like to keep our podcast at 15 minutes because we know you're really busy with lots of things going on. But during crazy media times, like the days we've had the last couple of days, we may run over a little bit. So we thank you for listening to Policy and Pound Cake Plus. Yes, it's kind of like a second slice, which we all know the second slice of pound cake is sometimes even better than the first slice. What we want to do now is take a little bit more time to dig into the issue of impeachment and to unpack the assault on free speech that's taking place across the, the nation. So impeachment. Of course, yesterday, Wednesday, the House voted to impeach the president this makes him the first president in U.S. history to be impeached twice. 
Now, of course, the Senate has to take up the issue, which is not likely to happen. But here's the thing. Impeaching President Trump might actually make it easier for Republicans to sideline him if he attempts to run in 2024. And let's be real. It's, it is in the GOP's best interest to take the media attention away from Trump. But it really is not in America's best interest to impeach him. Yeah, did I agree with you. But while the world is focused on impeachment, there is what I consider a sneak attack on free speech that is, quite frankly, far more dangerous. So these are some things that you may have, have heard, but you likely have not heard in the news because we're so focused on impeachment. Of course, you've probably heard that the president has lost access to his social media platforms. Now, some people say it's fair because he has been, you know, very belligerent and harsh in social media. Well, we say, look at the things that have been said by other sitting elected officials, and it's not been as harsh. Dee's going to go through some of those things um, a little later in this policy and pound cake plus. But before she does that, I want to point out also, this is something that you probably haven't heard. The chief content officer of Forbes, Randall Lane, actually said that he would use the force of Forbes magazine to investigate any company that hires Trump communications professionals. So he said, let it be known to the business world, hire any of Trump's fellow fabulous above and Forbes will assume that everything your company or firm talks about is a lie. We're going to scrutinize, double check, investigate with the same skepticism we'd approach a Trump tweet. Want to ensure the world's biggest business media brand approaches you as a potential funnel of disinformation, then hire away. So this man who, who is the chief content editor for one of the most powerful business magazines on the planet has said, if you hire Kaylee McEnany, if you hire Sean Spicer, if you hire Stephanie Grisham, if you hire any of these people, I am going to use the full force of Forbes magazine to investigate your company. That is, I don't know if you understand how chilling that is. As a communications professional, as, as a team, Didi and I, we value the marketplace of ideas. We value free speech. This is terrifying. Now, Steve Forbes, the you know the namesake of Forbes, he has done interviews since and said that 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 the beauty of Forbes is that they have you know diversity of thought, and and so he was trying to kind of walk back what this man, what Randall Lane has said. But basically, they're saying if you and and it so right now they're he's saying it to the communication staff, but this could splinter on to anyone who worked for the Trump administration, to anyone who said something nice about President Trump. This is dangerous. People, wake up. Yes, it is important that we pay attention to the anarchists who stormed our Capitol last week, but we have to, from the left and the right, be terribly afraid of what's happening when a magazine editor of a mag business magazine like Forbes says, if you hire these people, we're going to investigate. That 
Didi, does that not, does that not, is that not chilling? It's very chilling and it's very scary, very concerning. It's, it's, that's not the America that I know. That is not the America that we know. So at this moment, the media, you know, our family, our friends, they want us in this moment to be heaped in shame um, and to lump us with the anarchists. And they're lumping us with the anarchists and saying, don't hire Kaylee McEnany. They're lumping us with the anarchists who stormed the Capitol. Um, but we won't accept responsibility for those people, those very bad people who, who stormed the Capitol building. They're not conservatives. They're, they don't have conservative values. They don't have conservative principles. And so as much as you want to continue to push that on us, we're not going to accept it. At this moment in time, the media, our family, friends, they want conservatives to take responsibility for the anarchists, the people who stormed the Capitol and wrecked havoc. They want us to own all of that. And, you know, we've spent the last week apologizing for not being more harsh about the president's rhetoric, but we have to plant our feet right now and say, those people who stormed the Capitol, those people are not conservatives. They're not Republicans, but they definitely are not conservatives because conservatives believe in law and order. And those people are not clearly did not believe in that. So, mm -hmm. Go ahead, Didi. No, you're absolutely right. They they have no clue the law and order what no yeah, law they and have order no is. Clue what law and order is. At this moment, the media, our family and friends want us to be heaped in shame and to take responsibility for the actions of the anarchists who stormed the Capitol on January 6th. We won't accept responsibility for those very bad, despicable actions. We want to be clear that the election was legitimate. There was not enough evidence of fraud to change the results, period. But people have every right to say it wasn't legitimate. Many people said the 2016 election was a fraud and Trump was not our legitimate president. They were wrong, but that's their right. They want to say that, they can say that. The president's rhetoric fanned the flame, but... We will not stop saying the left is full of flame fanners as well. So we got faint flame fanners on both sides. Right. We will continue to point this out until the left takes ownership. If you listen to Policy and Pound Cake, you know we do not believe in selective outrage. So we are going to continue to beat this drum. We will take ownership of our mess and we the left must take ownership of their mess. We are going to beat this drum until the cows come home. Absolutely, for real, seriously. But for the record, we do wanna enter these statements. Statement one, our election was hijacked. There is no question. Congress has a duty to hashtag protect our democracy and hashtag follow the facts. Statement two, if you see Anyone from the cabinet, in a restaurant, in a department store, out at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them they are not welcome. Statement three, the people are going to turn on them. They're going to protest, 
They're going to absolute harass them until they decide they're going to tell the president, no, I can't hang with you. Now, statement one was actually a tweet from the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. Statement two were the words of a longtime Congresswoman, Maxine Waters. And statement three, yep, also winner, winner, chicken dinner goes to Maxine Waters as well. What do you think about that, Dina? Well, I think that you know, those, that's not even all that Maxine Waters said. Um, you pointed out one clip where she says that she um, is inspired to take out the president. So these are not lighthearted things that they're saying, and they have followers who are dangerous, who are not balanced, who could actually take these words seriously. And in some cases, have taken these words seriously mm -hmm. and have tried to do harm to people. So again, don't come to us with this nonsense. Selective outrage sucks. We're not going to stop pointing it out. If, if you, if you get tired of it, just turn us off because we're not going to stop pointing it out. Now we are in the worst season of selective outrage and outright memory loss and amnesia. I remember we were going to go to the RNC events, but we chose not to. I'm glad we didn't because on August 27th, when elected officials and regular American citizens left the White House after that event and walked home into the night and into the streets of DC, they were met by brutal mobs. Senator Rand Paul and his wife's life were threatened and they would have been done harm if it were not for police office, DC police officers coming to their rescue. We've apologized for the divisive rhetoric, but enough is enough. And this 24 seven coverage that is taking place on mainstream media that is pretending that the left has not been a contributor to the fire that is burning in this nation is unacceptable. We will not accept it. And if that makes you uncomfortable, that makes you uncomfortable. We believe right now that we've said it on media all day long today. What is it, Didi? The only way to move forward. Only way to move forward is that Republicans can't be the only ones taking ownership of their shit. Everybody else got to take ownership of their as well. So... We're going to link to these things because we want you to have these resources, but please continue to listen, like, and share. We, we also want to be called out on our selective outrage because selective outrage is not productive. So that's it for Policy and Pound Cake Plus. Join us next week um, and continue to follow, like, and share. And have a great weekend.